Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I have one of my favorite humans on today to tell you about an amazing product that we both love. Well, thank you, honey. This is Milkman Mark Hyman here telling you about the almond cow, which I saw on those Instagram posts, and I thought, we've got to have one of these and see whether it is actually as good as it looks. And it is. It's actually even better because there are things that you can make out of it. Almond milk, oat milk. Cashew milk. Uh, coconut milk. Anything you want, you can make in this. And what's great is you have, there are fewer preservatives, less sugar, and then what you get left over at the end is this pulp that you can make into, can make cookies or muffins, so nothing goes to waste. And it's there anytime, so if you run out of milk, you don't have to run to the store. It is so amazing. We love it, love it, love it. So if you want to get your own, check out the link and use code Lara for extra savings. Approved by the Milkman. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A where you all ask the questions and we answer. We are so excited to answer your questions today. We, me, and KB. (laughs) KB, my fearless co-host, physical therapist, senior teacher extraordinaire, lovely friend. I love you. I love you too. All right, let's lunch in. This is from Christine Para. I've just had a breast surgery to remove three lumps from my left breast. There were two incisions, one on my um, areola, I feel like I never can pronounce that, (laughs) and the other one under the left breast, uh, breast on the fifth rib. Doctor says that I can get back to yoga after a month. My question is when I return to my yoga practice, can I do reset and sun cell one? Are there any movements that I should avoid? Thank you for reading my question. Um, So first of all, I did write her back because I wanted to say, I'm glad you had the removal of the lumps and I hope everything is great. That's always in itself um, challenging and scary. And so hooray that you're looking forward to getting back into yoga. My first answer is, this is where, when anybody has surgery, I, I do follow the doctor's guidelines because they are the ones that went in, they know what's going on, they know what was cut through or not. So if he, is, he or she is telling you, you can get back to yoga after a month, that probably means that there was not um, any of the muscle that was t- t- um, cut through, that would have been more like six or eight weeks before getting back. 
but I'm not going to assume that maybe this is four weeks after your checkup or something. But at any rate, four weeks is that mean that's meaning that there probably weren't a lot of structures that were um, cut through. And that's always the big concern or the concern, I shouldn't say it's big, but the one that we would consider the most. Because if you have something where like reconstruction, say somebody had a, a, a lot of their breast tissue taken out and then there was reconstruction and part of their muscle, like their latissimus uh, dorsi is often cut and kind of wrapped around to help that reconstruct. That is a, uh, a trickier surgery to work with in terms of yoga. For, for me, um, this, my gut would say, just get back into it, go slowly, make sure uh, that, that you're holding your scapula well in your back and keeping the chest open without letting the ribs push. Like think of the front ribs really supporting you to lift them into your spine so that you're not putting um, any kind of extra downward pressure where the incisions would have been around the breast, but just to go slowly, maybe go from a plank, lower the knees, maybe bend the elbows a little bit. For the people that we've had that have had various um, breast surgery, it's almost always the lowering, that deceleration where you're pulling the chest tissue and the surrounding muscles that are, is where you just wanna be a little bit more careful and proceed with that kind of caution but it sounds based on your incisions that they were small and they're not gonna affect, especially the one around that um, areola. That shouldn't, there's nothing really that should pull that. Um, the one of the fifth rib, just again, be, you know, just give it more support at the beginning, keep the knees down in plank and things like that. Any other comments you have for that? First of all, I love that her surgeon sounds like he is progressive, you know, saying, actually encouraging yoga by way of movement, because to Lara's point, you know, some of the more aggressive surgeries can take a while. And we know any type of surgery, um, the body is going to lay down its own band-aids by way in, in the, by way of scar tissue. I scar tissue is such a, you pick picture this gnarly stuff, but it's just, yeah. there's a changed pattern of the, of the soft tissue. And so getting back into your regular yoga practice is going to help the body remodel that new connective tissue just from the incisions, even if they're just little scopes. Um, we see tiny scope holes that get very bound down. And so just the movement of, you know, think of your reverse warrior, your warrior variation, our side bends, our, you know, our chest, our belly rolls, our, our, our thoracolumbar rotation, all the things that we do in lit that are added on to traditional yoga are really gonna help your body and your brain recognize that this soft tissue is pliable and should be pliable. There's nothing worse than not moving for fear of hurting something and knowing, like Laura said, go slowly, but knowing that you might feel a little discomfort in the beginning and that's okay. It's okay to move into discomfort. You don't want to move into pain. That's why you don't want to go slowly. You want to really listen and pay attention, but explore those old ranges. Are you going to want to hop back up on your hands in a handstand? Maybe to be honest, I don't know. You see how it feels, but know that it's, you, you've also taken at minimum four weeks off. It's going to feel different. And mm -hmm. so gradually build up, um, 
know that you're helping that remodeling process and that mobilization process, which is going to help get blood flow to the area, really help those tissues heal. You will be doing yourself a service, I think, getting back into. And I just, I love when I hear that surgeons, first of all, like you said, Laura, that's who I defer to first mm -hmm. and foremost, because they're the ones going in there doing the cutting. But sometimes we do come across, surgeons will go one of either way. They'll be like, don't do anything for it's too long. Or they're like, you'll be back to running in three weeks. Oh, for Pete's sake, come on. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> we, it sounds, yeah, this sounds like, like a very realistic and really yes. a good guy. Like it's a woman, it's not um, conservative. It's not aggressive. It's just right. And yeah, like you said, mobilizing those tissues is so good in that stage where those cross-linked collagen, which is again, like scar tissue is a great thing. It's like, it's like, it holds you together and, but you want to move it so it doesn't get bound in the form of that, like scarring and adhesions. And we are pulling for you, Christine. I'm so happy that you got the lumps removed and mm -hmm. carry on. So write us back and let us know if you have any more questions. The next question is by another Laura, spelled the same way, Laura Crosby. Her handle is yoga with Larry. I've been dealing with pain in my left wrist for several years. I can't move into full wrist extension without pain, let alone full weight bearing in poses like plank. Most of my pain is in the thumb side and radiates to the middle of my wrist. It feels like there's something in the way, like when you can't close a door all the way because something is stuck in the doorway. I've seen several specialists and PT hasn't helped. I recently saw a new orthopedic and they diagnosed with diagnosed me with decorvain's tenosynovitis and gave me a steroid shot. It helped some, but the pain is still there and hinders my ability to fully practice yoga or any weight bearing. Uh, what else did she say? Sorry. Um, any, okay, any activities that require me to extend my wrist. Any ideas as to what it may be or movements that I can take to alleviate some of the pain? Thanks to you both. And I always look forward to Q&A Wednesdays. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm, me too. All right. You want to yeah, give that a shot, Miss Laura? Yeah, this is, this is a tough one, especially because she tells us right away, this has been going on for years. So this is not just a new, you know, this is no longer acute. This isn't subacute. This is chronic. And the fact that the injection helped to me does say, okay, we know that there was some inflammation. It, so the injection goes in, takes an inflammation down, it feels better. Um, the fact that you've gone through PT, seen you know, you know, multiple specialists, I don't know what they did with you there. Um, and I always like to look, whenever someone comes to see me, that's the first thing I ask, because they'll be like, I've done PT, ugh. Like they're sending me to you and I don't, you know, I just want to get whatever. And it's like, well, what, what they do, let's not do that again. Cause clearly that didn't work. So my thing I would ask you, Laura, is what did they do with you? Either that wasn't enough or, you know, did they look further up the chain? You know, Dequervanes is very common and it's kind of interesting. This has been going on for two years and you just got diagnosed with it. Cause it sounds pretty classic at least location wise. Um, 
and the lack of range of motion. I, I would wonder, is this your dominant hand? Do you lack range on the other side? Are you a long-term yogi? I'm guessing by your handle, you are. So did this start in yoga? Did your yoga practice, quote unquote, cause this? Whenever my wrist hurts, I am doing something wrong at my scapula nine times out of 10. Amen. And, or my left wrist hurts because my right shoulder is body, you know, so it's something that I'm adjusting weird. And it's the, the pain is my body's way of telling me, check in Kristen, what aren't you doing? And it's not what am I doing at my wrist? It's what am I doing wrong up the chain? Because so you know you you don't you said that you don't have the range of motion. So I would whenever someone says I don't have good range, you know, I would I always give you you know, work on your range of motion. You can see me I if you, on the watching on YouTube. I don't have spectacular wrist extension. I have full wrist extension, but I don't have hyper extension. So. I look at the way I set up my quadruped. I look at the way I set up my modified side plank. I look at my, I don't pull my hand in close. I really make sure that I'm not going into wrist extension because I know that that's pushing past end range for me. Mine is different than you, Laura. You've got a lot of wrist extension. So Laura is able, this is my Laura, Laura yes. is able to go into more wrist extension. So being able to dissect my practice and make it my practice I would love to see this Lara's practice. And maybe I've seen huge changes being made in yogis who suffer from wrist by addressing how they set up their positions and looking at that shoulder blade. Really, and the, and the side core, like your serratus, your obliques. Are you sinking into that? Are you, you know, how are you lining up your, your wrists when you're in plank? There are so many, this is a very susceptible structure, the wrist for yogis, especially. And when we have yogis with wrist pain, we can really dissect their yoga practice and their strength and their balance. And so far, knock on wood, I have been able to treat my own and I've been able to help multiple yogis treat theirs just by little tweaks and then giving them strengthening stuff for the upper body, upper half. So I give every single uh, wrist almost always gets something in the shoulder girdle, something because there's something is off, which is why that one arm, and it might be the other side. So I would recommend having someone look at you, a movement specialist like Laura and myself, really watching you practice to see why do we keep beating this area up? Because treating the symptoms so far for you hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. We need to find the root cause. And I don't think it's located in your wrist and thumb. You can add on to that. I know you do. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I would, there's a couple other points that um, I'll just reference. One, I, again, yeah, based on your handle, it sounds like you're doing yoga. How, where are you practicing? What is the surface you're practicing on? This is huge um, because especially for wrist, even more, somehow our feet and our ankles are more, a little bit more adaptable. We'll feel it in our knees more than our feet or ankles, but the wrist, we might also feel in our elbows, but we will feel it in our wrist. If it is a 
floor that is hard, too hard is hot, is bad, is really going to, you're really going to feel it in your wrist. So if you're weight bearing and you're always on the studio that you go to has a very hard floor, a lot of studios, um, have a cement floor and they put some kind of wood laminate on top. That's not good because that's just a fake wood. It's, it's, you're on cement still. Um, and it's cheaper to do it that way. So I totally understand why. Uh, there, if you practice at home and you're practicing your basement in that cement it, or very, very hard wood, there are different types of woods and some are very hard. So I know like, I've said this before, when I practice at my mom's house, I practice in the wood floor downstairs. And if I've done it three days in a row, I will feel it in my wrist. I never, ever feel anything in my wrist, ever. And it isn't pain, but there's a soreness. So imagine if I did that all the years, all the weeks, and I just thought, mm, my wrists really don't like weight bearing. Well, it actually, they don't like the surface because, and I'm pretty integrated. I'm working my scapula and my core. It still is that. So there's a load, there's an exchange of energy from whatever's on the ground back up through the body. So if your surface is okay, and so we check that off, it's a pretty good surface. The next thing I would think about beyond what Kristen said, which everything I echo is, is I, it, to me, it sounds so much like it's some kind of scapula instability. You might've been in plank and really like protracting a lot in plank, guess what that does? That pushes right down into your wrist extension versus getting it in neutral and pulling, think of pulling the energy from the ground up into your scapula. If you're in a plank and you're protracting, you're gonna be pushing more into your wrist. So look at your plank, look at the position of the wrist under the shoulder. Are you sinking into that wrist every time your hand is down? Think instead of like, if you're standing on your legs, Think of instead of like just kind of collapsing into your pelvis, make your spine longer, like you're pulling energy up through your legs into your spine. So you're resisting, countering the forces of gravity. You need to do that, especially with your wrists because you're, we aren't walking around on our hands all day. Um, so pull that, instead of leaning into that ribbed cage side, pull away from a little bit not overly so, but just that you're countering the downward compressive forces into the wrist. So those are the big things. Uh, you can always send us a photo because again, I can picture what I think I'm gonna see, but it won't be, I won't know for sure. But don't give up on weight bearing, but you're gonna need to give it some time. And in the meantime of getting that scapula stability, make a fist, get on your knuckles to get that wrist in neutral. Um, I prefer actually that to any like of the little things that go under your hand. But if you like that, that, that can work too. Yeah. And sometimes even a, a too soft surface, I find like carpet. Exactly. I was going to say the too. other thing is carpet because that's yeah. really squishy. So you're losing a lot. You're it like the, the energy goes instead of going down and getting like deadened, like cement in carpet, it's like ooh, diffused, almost like you're running in sand. You, you land and it isn't putting joint pressure because of there's, it's hard, but it's putting joint pressure because that return of energy has been spread into the sand. So it's more demand on the soft tissue structures around the joints. That's why we get shin splints and calf stuff and all that when we run in sand. You might be getting in the soft tissues of your wrist if you're practicing on carpet. 
Great question. Great question. I'm sure many people there, I can't tell you the number of people that I've met who used to do yoga, but it hurt their wrist. And I mm-hmm. just think, oh, I wish we could have found each other. <laughs> All right. Next question is from Alana Schwab, Alana Onyx on Instagram. Hi, I'm hoping I can ask you a question. I have scar tissue around my collarbone from surgery that I had where a plate was installed. Do you have any specific exercises where you can loosen that area up? I've had the plate for six years already, but started doing some exercises and I'm sore now. Yeah, you know, that's funny. Um, I broke my collarbone when I was, I don't even know, sometime, some age below 10, I can't remember. And it's, you know, it's such a surface bone. I mean, like it's basically skin to bone. There's not much between uh, the air and, and, um, and that bone. So then you add a plate in there and I don't know how big the plate is. It doesn't really matter to be honest. Um, it's not uncommon to feel that. Um, it's not uncommon for you to feel that for a lot. I mean, I hear that the same thing, ankles, any type of bone that is close to the surface and you put a plate on there, they're not comfortable. Some people end up getting the plate removed because they just cannot, they can't get back to their functioning. So the plates already served this for most people. Once the plates put in there to hold the joint, hold the bones together so it can heal. And then once it's served its purpose, it's just in there for decoration. It's not doing anything. Um, you know, some people end up having them taken out. So that is a possibility, perhaps, if this is something that is continuing to really bother you, you might inquire, can I get this removed? Maybe you can. That can be like a, for a lot of people, same thing with um, shins right up by your um, tibial, you know, it just is not a comfortable, there's, I've got plates in my jaw, but I've got a bunch of jaw meat, you know, like cheeks, I don't even feel those, I don't even know they're there, but something that close to the surface is uncomfortable. What can you do? You know, you, um, in the meantime, just, you can take a look, you know, how is, look at yourself in a mirror, you know, look for balance. Are you atrophied on that side? You know, are you atrophied, meaning are the muscles less toned? You know, do you need to do a little bit of the boring stuff? Do you need, you know, I would guess you probably didn't get PT after you, uh, you know, had this surgery slash whatever, you know, caused it. Um, do you need some strengthening? Do you need to build up the tone? Do you need to, you know, look left side, right side, scapular strength, all the stuff that we tell everybody for basically every injury from the ribs up, scapula, scapula, scapula. The scapula articulates with the collarbone and with the, and the collarbone articulates with the sternum. You know, if we really have to look at the shoulder girdle in general to see how it's moving. But I can't take away the effect that a plate can have on people when they try to get back into their normal exercise, where there is weight going through a really uh, surface-like bone. What do you have to add to that, Laura? I I agree with all that. And yeah, so let's assume you might not be able to get it taken out. I would stay away from the direct area unless you're just kind of doing some soft tissue work there. And, and I'm hoping that you are just gently rubbing around the, the 
the length of the clavicle, the collarbone, and just seeing if you can, and then rubbing around, you know, just very gently, seeing if the tissue can be malleable and be pulled. But then I would go to the scapula. I mean, there's so many people I've worked with that have had, whether it's, you know, the, coll the collarbone, the clavicle, its connection to the, the acromion at the AC joint, we're doing a lot of like scapula scrubbing. Actually, they're like, oh my God, this popped something in here. So it's not even a direct, it's an indirect line there, but it feels a little bit more manageable. So I'm curious in these exercises that you're doing, what are you doing that are you, can you focus more on the scapula, gliding around, drawing the scapula together, bringing it apart and seeing, I'm, I'm assuming probably bringing it apart and protraction might feel a little bit um, congested because that's really where the, the clavicles do feel like they're gonna slide in. They don't really slide in, but they roll down and, but really roll one at a time and work on that, work on the, I, I just posted something on Instagram. By the time this comes out, it'll be a couple weeks old, but putting the hand solidly on the wall and moving it so that you really are identifying and targeting the scapula. You can do that on the wall, because that's really nice. You can do it with the arms just dangling. But I would, I would get the scapula moving and then work on getting scapula stable uh, for the strengthening around there. Like Kristen was saying, if there's atrophy in the chest, if there's atrophy, there's probably gonna be atrophy in all of the scapula muscles as well. So. Since it's been a while, do this slowly, but do it consistently because you you need to get that movement back in there. Because uh, you're because who would think your collarbone would be so significant for your shoulders? It is. It's part of the shoulder complex. It's in part of the breathing. When you breathe, there's a little bit of an upward lift in the clavicles. It can affect your thorax. It can. So you you really want to get some of that. Um, mobility of the, and the flexibility in the soft tissues and then the strength to support it. So get back to us with any questions, but hope that helps Alana. All right, lots of good questions. We never are bored by your questions. They're challenging us. And, you know, again, we're always offering our pieces of advice based on what we're hearing, not on what we're seeing. That's always the best thing, but um, we love to try and figure out anything that would help you. So please write us. You can write at support at lityoga.com, email us there, or you can reach us on uh, DM me, uh, Instagram, kbwilliams99, and Lara at lara.hyman. All right. I love you, KB. Thank you. This I love is always you too. fun. And As always, we are pulling for you. Yeehaw. <laughs>Deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.